to Do to the Current Situation, a podcast about the art world, friendship, and everything in between. I'm Whitney Lamora, curator, producer, and immersive artist. And I'm Denise Young, relational artist and curator. And in this week's episode, we're doing something new. Ooh. We're starting a new little series about art crawls. That's right. Openings, baby. The best. Uh, we took a little time to go on an art crawl last Friday, and it was incredible. We saw four spaces that were very fun mm-hmm. and very hot. Listen, summer, baby. But before we get into that, let's catch up. How are you doing? Yeah, how are we doing? Um, I'm doing good. I'm sitting in a very disarrayed studio right now with a lot of boxes and a lot of contract back and forths and emails that I have forwarded from one company to another company trying to get everything, get everything settled. Ooh, frog in my throat. Um, there it is. Hello. Hello. And then, yeah, I'm on the little staycation this week, which has been really fun. Visited your favorite place in the city yesterday. Please tell me everything. Yes. I went to the music box theater. It was incredible. I didn't know they had a lounge. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. I was just taking it all in. And my best friend's coming from Nashville on Thursday. And she, she texted me literally hours before I was going to go, which I had already bought my ticket online. And she was like, I really want to go to Whitney's favorite place in the city, Music Box oh. Theater. And oh. I was like, great, I'm going today, but we can go again. Oh. So I'll probably frequent the theater twice this week. Yes, that's so nice. Oh, I'm jealous. Give it all my money. Give it all your money. Yeah, yeah, it's the best. It's so beautiful. Was it in the big theater or the tiny theater? The tiny theater. So and cute. everyone clapped when the movie was over, which was very cute. That's special. Um, there was a little girl who couldn't find her. Like her family tried to sit in these seats at the beginning, and it was already dark. And then she, they walked away without her, and she was like, "Where are you? Where are you?" Oh. And everyone just kind of like laughed and was like trying to help her find her family. It was very like communal audience. It was very cute. Yeah. Oh man. That's so nice. Yeah. It's just, it's such a different, uh, experience between that big main theater and then the tiny little intimate, like 40, 45 seat theater or whatever it is, um, next to it. And then I think they have now they, well, we learned cause we, tr- the, we tried to go with you, um, last weekend to, to the music box to see, uh, a league of their own. And we're like, quickly mistaken at uh the, we thought it was going to be in the big theater and I guess it's in their garden theater which I didn't really know uh was a thing but that quickly sold out so we did not get to go but um <laughs> I'm so glad you went and it's such a beautiful space and you know we're we're heading into fall time soon enough there are pumpkins uh pumpkin and Halloween different uh you know things at at the major grocery stores and big box stores, which makes me sad. Um, But then that means movie season. So, you know, yeah, we'll just be at the music box all the time. I'm ready. Let's go. I liked it because, well, I liked it for a lot of reasons, but it was just like super affordable for being like an older theater. They're not just like ripping you off by being like, oh, we are older and more (laughs) You know how some, I don't know, sometimes like when I lived in Boston, sometimes when you go to like the independent theaters, they were more expensive than if you mm-hmm. went to like AMC or something. So yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And I saw Marcel the Shell with Shoes on, which was a great film. Amazing. I'm, I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased you went. Yeah. And I'll probably go again this weekend. Good. <laughs> 
Great. I love it. How are you? What's been going on with you? Um, I was telling you before we got on, I, uh, I, I guess I'm in full recovery, um, from this last week. Uh, it was, it was a big one. Um, we, I, I slept 12 hours last night, which was like, I have not done in, in a very long time. And I think my dog, um, who has started sneezing me awake as I was telling Denissa, uh, (laughs) Pookie likes to, she's learned that, um, she doesn't really like bark at me, um, but instead if she sneezes at me a lot, it will wake me up. And so she's she's wielded that power a lot recently, which is um, a really annoying new behavior. And she did not do that to me this morning. She let me sleep in. I think she knew. I think she was like, mom's going through something. Let's let her lie. Um, yeah, we just had like a gangbusters like weekend and uh, we, we went on our art crawl Friday night, which was so fun. Um, and when we came back and we'll, we'll talk all about that day, this, this whole episode here, but when we came back to the restaurant to like get a bite or get a drink, we were getting ready to go down to Dorothy on its second official opening weekend, um, or some just weekend since the reopen, I guess. And everyone's like, Oh, it's a little too busy down there. You don't want to go down there. And Oh my God, it was wild. Uh, we, we low key went viral, um, in the lesbian TikTok world and everyone came to drink at Dorothy this weekend, um, which was incredible. I, I mean, that's, what, that's why it happened. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of our- I just uh, thought finally the right people are watch, are listening and like coming. Yeah. On TikTok. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, no, not organic, uh, not organic uh, internet, internet blew, blew up. Um yeah, so one of our uh, new uh, team members, Emma, shout out, made an incredible TikTok uh, on like a super slow night and like kind of went through the whole bar and acted like uh, she was uh, like attending for the night and uh, and then put it up and it's just like so such a beautiful like TikTok put that up and it was like poof, poof, poof. And we had so many people texting us. They're like, oh my God, this was on the for you page. Oh my God, this just got dropped in, you know, in my feed or whatever. And uh, so that was blowing up really hard. And then um, we had invited a lesbian influencer from uh, like Instagram to come to our opening night. And she had also dropped her TikTok and her reel and stuff basically like in the same day, same couple of days. So um, we were overwhelmed. Um, so it was wild and we were staffed like we operated before. So not like we went viral on lesbian TikTok because we didn't know that that would happen. Um, so yeah, so it was, uh, it was, it was wild. Uh, so I jumped, I jumped back there and I was like, all right, let's go. And helped them kind of dig out for two hours, which was, which was wild. And, uh, you know, just, just when we thought we were, we were good, then rain comes in and rain's like, there's like 25 people coming in right now. And I was like, Oh, are you kidding me? And so all of the, all of the friends and homies who are coming over from the queer, uh, plant swap, uh, over at Chicago plants decided to end their night at Dorothy, which is awesome. And it, and like, at least we got to end the night with a whole bunch of friends at the bar. Uh, but I was like, Oh my God, we just, 
Like we just like had a chance to breathe and all right, everybody, let's go. I get, you know, it's much better when you know that 25 people are about to walk in the door than when you look up and you're like, oh my God. So, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, there's 25 people in my home. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. And so the team did really great, like, despite being a little short staffed and now we're bulking up our staff and, you know, looking forward to, to more and more excitement. Um, so it was that. So, I mean, that was, you know, that was a, a full, very long day. And then the next day was Dandy Dorothy. So, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Should we just jump into it and talk about Dandy Dorothy and then talk about the crawl? I think that sounds great. Yeah. So Dandy Dorothy was Saturday night. So this was after the crawl and after the, uh, the chaos that came, came into, to Dorothy. And again, I say all of this, and this is like a good problem to have, right? Like we want to be so busy that we like, can't keep up with it. Obviously we want to take care of our team and we want to have enough staff that we can take care of it consistently. So, you know, it's all learning in the, and early days growing pains, but please keep coming to Dorothy. Um, <laughs> Then the next night was Dandy Dorothy, which we've been talking about here on the pod for the last couple of weeks. Um, our very first fashion show that we've ever pulled off uh, in in the Martin and uh, also in Dorothy. So this has been a whole project that was essentially first pitched to me in December. Um, and then we've been actively building it since the spring, um, complete with, we did a, a full casting call um, a couple months ago. The three designers who are involved in the show cast the show. Um, and then we've just been like meeting like crazy and uh, really, really planning this while they were finishing their collections. Um, we had a dress rehearsal for the dress rehearsal before we did the dress rehearsal. And then we did the dress rehearsal. And then we had all the city drama and then finally pulled it off. But I mean, it was, you know, they they came in and started at 1.30 in the afternoon with hair and makeup with 12 models, three designers, a bunch of other hands, all in the Martin, uh, when the show didn't start till seven, you know, so this is all day affair. Um, like a wedding know. where you just got to really start early. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I, I like was up, you know, like ready to go and was in like setting up tables and setting up the room early in the day and, you know, had, had a minor panic that we couldn't actually pull it off. But when I was alone, um, and then once we started, it was like, well, it's moving. So here we go. Um, cause there's just so many moving parts and, you know, I made, I took a bunch of video that day so I can make a little, uh, reel of like, you know, yeah, not only was it six hours of preparation before we even started the show on top of the months and months and months of work that we did. Um, but also, I mean, you know, everything from like making the sign to like, putting up tables to rearranging Dorothy to making sure that the bar team knew uh, these specialty cocktails to, um, you know, just about every hour, a new person with a new need comes in. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a big endeavor. And I think we put together a really strong, incredible team and just pulled it off. Yeah, it was awesome. It was really cool. I got to run sound, which was really fun, which sounds more fancy than it was. It was, uh, I was a very vital player to the team pushing play on the playlists that I created, um, via, you know, Apple, uh, <laughs> shout out, shout out to Apple, shout out to Apple. Um, when you say like doing sound, it sounds like I was like mixing stuff, which is not what happened. So just clearing, clearing it up, but okay. it was really great. And it was cool to be 
at the end of the runway um, and getting to see all the final poses and people like across the bar being like, wow. And yeah, it was great. It was really cool. Yeah. You were much more like in, in it with the audience where I was like kind of stationed at the door um, trying to, to help conduct the whole thing. But also I would say one, don't, don't downgrade your, uh, no, I wasn't down. I was like, it was a vital role, but it wasn't, it wasn't mixing on a soundboard. Sure. Yeah. You were not live mixing. That's true. But you were also, uh, you were a vital part of, of the audience organization, you know? And I mean, there's another, I just, you know, it, it's awesome when you work with a great team and it's also when it's also so great when you meet people who are just in sync with you and it doesn't take that much to make it work. And that's why I love working with you so much. I mean, we've worked on so many things together and that helps, but I'm just basically like, here's how we're going to do this real quick is you got it. And you're like, yeah. And then it's just done and we just do it, you know? So you were, you were huge and we had, we had some, some real audience organization to do because it was all, all the tickets were sold at different levels and really had to figure that out. And, you know, we learned a lot in that process, but, uh, but you were, you were vital in doing that. It would have been chaos if we didn't have you um, being able to not only like positively greet people, let them know what's up, but um, also like be like, okay, bye. I got to go to the next people. So, (laughs) you know, you were, you were vital all around. Yeah. Seating people was super fun. It was cool to, so we had three tiers, like a standing room only tier, a mid tier, and then a VIP section. And so across the bar was like different places, obviously that you could be accordingly. Um, but our runway spread throughout the whole spot. So my spiel was like, there's no bad place to stand, even though you're a stander, it's going to yeah. be great. Yeah. Um, but the VIP lounge was dope. It was on the custom made couches and they were little dill pickle pillows. Yeah. Yeah. The, the biggest sponsor for the fashion show was uh, dill pickle, which is a co-op grocery store, um, here in, uh, in Chicago. Um, I know there, they might have multiple locations now, but I know like at least one slash the original location is in Logan square. So they, uh, yeah, they, they sponsored the event, um, at like the highest level. So they got the VIP lounge named after them. And then the person who, designed this like very beautiful banner that we hung up also uh took it upon themselves to sew some pickle pillows um which was just about the cutest thing I've ever seen yeah they were awesome it was such a cool event and the three designers did an incredible job I mean one of them barely learned how to sew five months ago Mm -hmm. yeah it's true yeah Jordan who runs in between branches uh just had such a beautiful collection at the end and it was very avant-garde. I mean, all three of them had very distinct styles, which was really exciting. We didn't, there was not even a hint of, okay, we basically have saw this with the last designer. It's not like that at all. Mm -mm. Um, which I think is so cool. Um, yeah, I mean, they all, they are all emerging designers and I think that's, you know, I, I really, I walked away from the night and I told Zoe, I was like, I really feel like this was an event that we can look back on years from now and say like, Ooh, I knew them when, or I was with them when, you know, like these debut collections, like whatever their futures are, they're going to be like very strong and very um, exciting. And I think they're all like young and talented and hungry. And again, I, you know, I, I sing their praises a couple of uh, episodes ago, but also just like the kindest, gentlest, and like most level-headed people, like none of them, it was just the vibes were just so good. And 
that's not always the case, you know? So if anything, like I, you know, I can tend to be like the most like, ah, kind of stressed one, but I feel like all of us together, were just like, we're just going to be like really great at this and just do it. And every bump that came along the way was like, Ooh, that sucks. Okay. Now what, you know, I mean, they had to pivot on two models, um, one model who was sick day of, so they completely lost that model. Um, and then one model who, um, basically dropped out of the show about a week before uh, the show. And so that's hard. That's hard when you're building, uh, collections around, um, you know, all of them shared models. And when you're building uh, specific collections and pieces around specific models, because we had um, a total variety of both gender expression as well as body types, which was a beautiful thing about the show. So it's not like, oh, well, I'll just go to the next person Never, who's a yeah, size, size double zero, zero or whatever the fuck. It's like, oh, no, this was actually like kind of built around this one person and how their body is, you know? So they pivoted wonderfully and you, you wouldn't have known there was not, there was not a person in the show who was called in last minute, um, that you would be like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, clearly that's the person they called in, you know, like it was all, it was beautiful. Um, including a partner of one of the designers who, who walked because, uh, they were closest to the size, um, of the individual that they needed to, uh, replace. And, you know, that's some, that's some real good partnership right there. That's really sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about like, uh, each or say the designers like names and their, how people can find them or. Yeah, absolutely. So Jess Frausto is, uh, the thrifted gay and all of these, all these folks will, will tag in our, um, in our show notes. So you can find them at least on Instagram. Um, so Jess's collection was all, uh, based in thrifted items that they then um, embellished and painted and sewed and added to. Um, I don't believe, I believe that none of their collection currently is for sale. Um, I believe these are either pieces that they're going to show again or continue to work on, but I believe they're not for sale, but you know what, reach out to Jess, let them know if you, if you love uh, something. Um, Jordan Chavez that we talked, uh, that we just mentioned in between branches, um, I do believe their collection um, is for sale. Um, and then Carlos Salcedo with Thesis Apparel, um, whose work I also believe is for sale as well. But I'll link that all in the show notes. I will also link, um, I'm not sure, I guess it just stays up forever, but we also had a live stream of the show on Twitch. And you all know how I feel about Twitch, or maybe I've never talked about it on here, but I'm passionate about it. Um, I don't watch it as much as I did during quarantine, but... <laughs> One day I will make something incredible on Twitch and it will be, you know, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, we had a live stream on Twitch. And so I believe Jordan um, helped set that up along with his partner. And so um, I'll link all of that so y'all can see it, but it's, it was awesome. It was very, very special. And, uh, and we sold it out and we sold and like, wow. And to have a whole new community of people come in to experience Dorothy, to experience what we can do together was, was awesome. Plus we had a drag King as our host, uh, which was awesome. Cosmo did an incredible job. I will also link, uh, to his Instagram, uh, but great host who wore, honestly, if anybody who could wear full layered velvet in that room that night deserves an award. Truly. It was hot. It was hot. It was hot. 
Yes. <laughs> and then Rosa performed. Everybody knows and loves Rosa. Um, did such a beautiful job. And, you know, so to have like to have that variety of having a drag king, a lesbian performer, design queer designers, like it, you know, it would it just ran the gamut and it was it was so beautiful. I loved it. I can't wait to do it again. Um yeah. so it was awesome. It was cool to experience and I'm grateful to be a part of it. Yeah. We even had a step and repeat, which is like, ooh, you is so fancy for people who don't know what that is. It's essentially when you make uh, the the kind of vinyl banner that has all the logos and all the stuff um, feels very like Hollywood. <laughs> um, and it definitely feels very like fashion show. So it had all the different logos and of the sponsors and of Dandy Dorothy. And um, it just made for a really, a really cool addition. So We'll link everything in the show notes so y'all can check it out, follow along. And, you know, I told Jess, I was like, we can do this again. I was like, don't, I was like, I'm not pressuring you all to like make a new collection, but now that we've done it once, we've learned from it. Um, we, we can do it again. So I, I really hope that uh, there's a future for Dandy Dorothy. Um, and I hope it inspires more different events that we haven't done yet because that's what I'm interested in. You know, I'm not interested in doing the same thing all the time. Um, the things that we do, I love, and I want to continue to do, but I want to continue to grow and change and push myself. You know, I've this, this really pushed my brain really hard, um, going into, uh, in a world that I've never experienced, um, leveraged with my own experience of just how an event works and how our space works. Um, so I really grew from this and I hope, I hope everybody did who was involved. So. Yeah, it was incredible. Yay. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Okay, so on to the art crawl that happened the day before. Yes. We visited four spaces um, that were on the range of spectrum of DIY to not so DIY. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, you know, this is something that we, we did – we kind of talked about openings or, uh, you know, a little art crawl that we did uh, maybe a month or so ago, um, but we talked about it's something that we want to, a special feature that we want to continue to do for the podcast and of course for ourselves. So, um, you know, sometimes there's always like openings like every weekend, but sometimes it's, you realize that it's just like, it's all happening on this one weekend. And so that's kind of what happened on Friday. I first put the date on my calendar because I got an email from Ellen, uh, Ellen Shore, who is Zoe, my partner's uh, mother and an artist and a member of the Fulton Street Collective, uh, sent out an email announcing her opening. And I was like, well, I don't have anything going on, on Friday. Maybe I'll go see this. Um, followed up by our friend Millicent Kennedy, who had an opening at Belong. And I'm like, well, now there's two spaces. This is shaping up to be a classic gallery bop around. So, you know, Denissa, let's go. And we just threw a couple more on there and made it a night. Yeah, it was awesome. I just saw one and I was like, do we want to add this? <laughs> I just like sent it on this? Instagram. I don't even think I knew fully anything about the space that we were going to, which is also fun to kind of experience new things in your own city and do it and call it work. I think it should be called gallery bop around gallery bop around. I mean, the classic bop around is what I call, is what Zoe and I call our, our bar hopping, which is inspired by um, New Girl. Okay, listen, don't sleep on New Girl. I know it's been off the air for years now. 
And I know that Zoe Deschanel is at the front of it. And you may be like, we get it. Zoe Deschanel, you're beautiful. You can sing. You're married to Ben Gibbard. Okay. But the show is not about Zoe Deschanel. The show is about the boys. I will. And my further theory is that the show is actually about Winston. But, you know, let's talk about that some other time. (laughs) You're throwing out so many new theories right now. My brain can barely digest. Listen, sometimes it's like that, okay? We're on our third rewatch of New Girl. So we started watching it during quarantine and I was like, you're watching New Girl? <laughs> okay. And then I would catch snippets of it and it's one of the smartest, funniest shows I've ever seen. Um, so Winston and Cece have shit. Now I can't think of like what they actually call it because we've taken it and called it our classic bop around, but it's like the classic mess around or something like that or the classic, oh my gosh, it's like running out of my head, but- they they just kind of like mess around and like get in trouble together um and so we started calling it the classic bop around for when we uh want to go like bar hopping and stuff but that's hilarious yeah is the mess around on new girl have to do with winston's pranking people and that's how his pranks are too small or too big no but that's my favorite zoe (laughs) my favorite at the uh at the restaurant the other day Zoe went to fill up um a coffee a coffee pot and it started to overflow like immediately and she was like what's happening what's happening and she pulled off the top and it had some lemon seeds that were stuck in it so it just had like gone through the wash and like some lemon seeds just got like stopped up in the in the lid and I was like did Winston come in and pull a prank because it's it's too small and not right like that's not (laughs) This is like a Winston bring and she was like, no, I think it's just the fucking dishwasher or whatever. Um, anyway, yeah. So potentially classic, classic gallery bop around. Um, but, but definitely that's, that's what we did. So, uh, so yeah, we met up at, at split rail and we did take a minute to look through all the art that is there because there's a lot. So, um, CV Peterson is currently, uh, for one more week, I guess by the time this drops, their artwork will be on the way out or if not already out of a uh, split rail. So these two oversized, incredible works that are made out of fungus are hanging in the restaurant right now. They're incredible. And um, I will have already done a great job patching the walls when this is over. Thank God. Thank God. Cause yeah, we need, we need that help. Um, Beth Swanson is coming in next. Uh, her works will be hanging, uh, very soon. So come see both of them. Um, then we still have Paloma Valencia in the back room in the Martin Connor Young in the front room. Uh, but a new feature in the Robin. Yes. Nelson Kennedy, who's at Belong, uh, did a great install at the Robin that looks incredible, specifically made for that space with her archeological kind of, uh, items suspended in quilted fabric which look incredible it's so good yeah I I just I had I really I knew she had a solo show coming up but I wasn't sure when it was um and so I reached out and said like I need someone to to take over the robin which is a mini gallery in the bathroom of the martin um it used to be a vintage jewelry display that I have converted into our mini gallery um because I, I need more projects to curate for I guess um And so I was like, yo, I really need somebody in for August. And I feel like you could do something really beautiful in there. And she's like, perfect. That's where I have my solo show too. I'll just make up some more quilts. 
And I'm like, okay. So she, so she knocked out. Oh, even, so you'll just do more work. Oh, so you'll, yeah, just whip up some more quilts. No problem. So yeah, she made three like mini quilts custom for the, the Robin. They're really beautiful. All three of them are for sale too. Incredibly priced price for any level of collector. I think the smallest one's like $40. The largest work is one, yeah, I think, I think one forty. Um, it's all listed on the website, but if you're, if you're looking for small works, if you heard our collection episode and you're like, Oh my God, I can't, I'm dying to collect. This is a great way to start. Yeah. When we get to the part about the Fulton street collective, Whitney was also dying to collect that night. So we'll jump into that story in a second, but I I want to spend some money. (laughs) It was really cool to start there. It's always a good night when you start at split rail. And mm-hmm. you get some truffle fries and you get to look at art. Yes. So support our favorite restaurant. I agree. Yeah. So we scooted out of there and our first stop was to uh, Circle Contemporary. So this is the show that you suggested to us. Um, electric Pink Lemonade. Electric Pink Lemonade. Yeah. So I, so we've, we, in preparation for this, we pulled up uh, kind of the, the websites and mission statements of these spaces um, so we can kind of officially share more about them than, than just like what our experience was. Um, so as an arts organization, I'll start here with the Circle Contemporary, uh, which is the gallery inside of Arts of Life. Um, so Circle Contemporary is, as it says on the website, comprised of two multi-purpose exhibition spaces in Chicago's Westtown neighborhood, which is one that we went to, and the North Shore's Glenview. Circle Contemporary is an extension of our studio's efforts to strengthen the creative community, showcasing a diverse range of creative practices from individuals of all talents and abilities. Circle Contemporary provides a space and outlet for artistic inspiration and exploration. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a part of this, uh, this organization called Arts of Life, who I'm pulling up now, uh, which is a 501c3 nonprofit founded in January of 2000. So we were talking while we were there, we were like, this, this space has been here this for a while. This place has been around for a while. If you look in their back studio, they have stuff, which is so stuff. fun to look, to look at. Yes, they're quite established. So here now we know 22 years worth of stuff. Uh, with a shared vision to create a working person-centric artistic community while providing a work environment of equality in Chicago. Um, Yeah, Uh, for artists at Arts of Life, a career in the visual arts is an opportunity for meaningful employment. Each artist has their own studio space and works independently from individualized project plans or receives one-on-one arts facilitation uh, to increase their artistic skill set. They earned a monthly stipend for participation in the program with eligibility to receive bonuses based on personal annual art sales. That's beautiful. Um, And their mission says Arts of Life advances the creative arts community by providing artists with intellectual and developmental disabilities, a collective space to expand their practice and strengthen their leadership. So... Yeah, so that's that's what they're based on, and and that's a, that was our first stop for the night. Yeah, it was super cool to walk in and see these two kind of spaces, like the studio space and the um, gallery space. Their juxtaposition because it's like a very clean, white-walled gallery compared mm-hmm. to like the most beautiful chaos that the studio is, which we talked about last week. Um, but yeah, the reason that I knew about the show is because Roland Santana curated it, which is an exciting. Um, he's a great emerging artist that had a show up along last month and a duo show uh, last year. 
at the same space. And so, um, yeah, it was cool to just kind of see his work in another iteration along with some other pals like Sarah Lechner. And um, yeah, it was a great show. Yeah, it was cool. And, and both of us really didn't know anything about the space. And so getting arriving in and exploring they when you enter it's it's sort of like a an office kind of lobby space then you walk into the kind of mid-sized gallery space and then you can enter into that back room uh the studio space uh which had like a little bar set up and then all of these individual tables and placements uh, for the studios for the artists who were there so there was a, a good volume of artists who participate in the arts for life program um, some of their artwork was also incorporated in the show up front, but, you know, the show up front was quote unquote professionally curated, um, and was a great, uh, I think combination of both outside artists as well as, uh, artists that are involved in the arts for life program. So I think it's really exciting to, to read how much they not only support and provide the artists, this space, but, you know, they financially get to support them as well um, with stipends and with bonuses from their sales of artwork. So you could have bought pieces from, you know, pieces ranged in the thousands of dollars, you know, all the way down uh, for kind of any level of, of collector um, and across all levels of um, artist variety and artist type, which was cool. Yeah, that part was really awesome. And just like a lot of variety of types of work, like hanging sculptures on the wall to painting to um works on paper to works on canvas so that was like cool to see the variety of kind of things present and I think there was about 14 artists in the show mm, yeah what a variety that was cool um I mean it's it's cool and like you know I think that's it's what's so exciting about living in a major city right it's like there's always something to explore this space that neither of us have been in but went in we're like okay this clearly this has been here for a while and not because it was like run down or anything but like Danessa said you're like, oh, there's like, there's like massive storage of like supplies. And clearly like this, this is just a space that has been utilized for a long time um, in a very cool, like warehouse Chicago way. And to then know from reading this that it's been there for 22 years and we've not been in there excites me in a way of like, wow, there's, there's just so much to continue to uh, discover and explore and see. So they're doing really good work over there. It's really, it's really awesome. Yeah, I'm bummed I hadn't known about it sooner. Not that I don't know what I would have done differently in my art journey in Chicago, but it seems like a really great place to spend time or volunteer or um, give money to because it's such a cool, uh, just a cool vision for what can happen in the arts through, uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but it just is like very inspiring. So we were standing there like, oh, what are, what are we doing with our lives when this like great entity exists? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's like, you know, wants, wants to get involved in the arts world and wants to start an organization and is like, you know, I want to do my angle. I think I want to like advance people who don't have the opportunities and this is how I'm going to do it while also curating these like kind of, you know, quote unquote mainstream uh, shows in the front. Like, yeah, it, it, it reminds you how, uh, how generous the art world can be and how much you can, you can really intentionally do things for good and, and still have incredible uh, shows and opportunities and continue to bring in people and communities that we interact with in and with 
um, into both worlds. So a good reminder to, you know, one, not everything's so serious. And two, um, there's lots of opportunities to get back. Yeah, which is awesome. And that the art world can be is a generous place to do that in and mm-hmm. through art, like creating like the process and the product are both part of the mission to create something really meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. So it's located over um, in the like Fulton area. So it wasn't our next stop was Fulton Street Collective, which was like a four minute drive away. Um, it was also pretty close to um, Chicago Artists Coalition. Um and then, you know, other, other kind of, it's, it's in that kind of weird warehousey area where you're like, oh, here's, here's a coffee shop and a brewery. Um, but like on the big scale, you know, not just like, you know, little cute little boutiques or whatever. Um, so it's just tucked back there. And I'm not sure, because again, we just, uh, we just became aware of them, how often they do shows, but it seems to be a fairly regular occurrence. So if you haven't been put it on your list, go check it out. Totally. Then we jumped over to Fulton Street Collective, and they are a Chicago art gallery, performance space, event space, artist collective, and artist marketplace. Um, And it's a community of artists and art lovers. It serves as an incubator and a home base for artists and, and allows art lovers to engage with artists, their work, and to be part of an artistic and performance community. Uh, They offer studios and non-studio memberships that provide private and shared workspace, performance and exhibit space, and ongoing programming designed to help artists develop their skills and their networks so they can grow and enhance themselves and the community. So a lot about uh, community and performing, which is super cool. Community, community, (laughs) community. The buzzword Um, of the 2000s. It was great to pop into the space. Um, Yeah, this was your first time, right? I had been to the studio side, but not to the gallery side before. Got it. Um, so yeah. You jump into like one of those crazy elevators that we were talking about last week that could take your ghost. Um, yeah. A part of you could live there forever. True. Uh, and then you hop into this like really great sized brick walled spot, which is awesome. It's large. Yeah. It's, it's one big open room and... Um, I've been to the collective many times, um, mostly because like I said, at the top, um, Ellen is, is a member there and, um, I don't know all the ins and outs of, of the membership, but I do know, um, if you become a member of the collective, which I believe you apply for, and it is, uh, like a monthly membership sort of situation, um, you do have the advantage of having the option to participate in, I believe every group show that they do. Um, outside folks can submit this show that we saw was a members only show. So everyone who showed there, uh, was a member of the collective, uh, but there is a curation process. So there's, there's a theme, um, and this show was what we do. I think that's what it was called. Um, I can look it up, but sorry if I'm getting that wrong, but I feel like it's like what we do, like what we do best, um, just like works that showed off, uh, what these artists did. Um, and again, really great variety of works. I thought it was a really strong show. Um, some really weird stuff, which I liked as well. One of like, I put it in, in the reel that I made of our experience, but there was a large scale, um, sculpture collage that was, that was really trippy. Um, some really awesome paint paintings. Um, and you know, Ellen had an awesome 
photo from her beach series in the show, as well as a painting. Um, so uh, my multi-talented future mother-in-law crushed it. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I know. We play this game all the time. Like, what piece would you take home if money didn't matter? And I would definitely take Ellen's painting home. It was very beautiful. That's so nice. Um, then we went and explored the studios. So the studios are attached to the, well, no, I lied. They're, well, I guess they're kind of attached in a roundabout way Mm -hmm. um, to the collective. And at some level of membership as well, you get an option for a studio. So um, some of the artists there, because it was a members only show and probably every time they have an opening had open studios. Um, And then otherwise, just like kind of how you were describing in your studio space, um, some artists would hang works outside of their studios so you got kind of a feel for who was there and what they were making so uh we we snuck around back there on our own um but other people did too so it's not like we were breaking the law (laughs) yeah we saw some great collage work too um some work that we saw at a show was that at our corral no that was just on a regular we met that the woman why can't i remember her christine yeah we um her collage work we first saw saw at the rostrum show um so beth swanson who i mentioned earlier uh who is uh an artist and also a curator who has started these um gallery shows out of like abandoned spaces like empty storefronts and stuff um she does these massive pop-ups these like one night things and i think we went like right before we started the pod so we didn't talk too much about it um but we first saw her collage work there and then she had a piece in the show as well. So, so she must be a member over at Fulton. She had two pieces, one in the gallery and then like one tucked right outside the gallery, which we didn't get to hear the story about that. But either way, her cute little collage was there um, to welcome you in, which was nice. Yeah. Lots of cool variety, like we said, and just cool to see different types of artists kind of emerging artists and lesser known artists. And then, artists that are kind of making the rounds within their own collective, which is really awesome to see that Fulton gives space for people to show pretty frequently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And while we were poking around the galleries, I, I mean, I went into the night and I told Denise, I was like, I really want, I, re- I would really love to like buy some art tonight, you know? So I had, as I was putting together my, uh, my gallery bag for the night, AK, just my little purse, um, you know, I was thinking, I was like, maybe we should do an episode on like preparing to go to a gallery. And then like, I was like, what, enlist these six things that I have with me, which was basically my wallet. Uh, well, I had, I had like my regular spending card and then I was like, I'll bring my credit card just in case I'm not going to go like wild on this, but if something strikes me and it's like, fine, you know, if it's in, if it's in reason, I can, I can invest in something tonight. Um, my own business cards, um, I didn't bring a mask, but luckily the one space that was mask required or, or mask highly suggested, which was Circle Contemporary, they provided masks. So once we got there, uh, I kept that one on me for the night. Um, gum, you know, you're going to be all up in people's business. So, you know, have a little fresh breath um, and all that. So, uh, so I was really excited. I really wanted to like, I really, I was hoping to find something that, that was uh, affordable. Um, and we stumbled upon this artist, uh, her name is Jess Brooks, and she is a she's a member in Fulton. She didn't have any pieces in the show, right? No, Mm-mm. 
Um, but she had many pieces hanging outside of her studio and her studio door was open. She wasn't in there, but a candle was lit. And so we're like, I think she's She's in here. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, luckily she also had like a little like article or a write-up, um, with her photo outside of the door. So I was able to identify her in the space, but she had all these beautiful works. So, um, her, her card says she's a, let's see if I can say this word, right. Synesthetic and there you go. Synesthetic artist. So she makes synesthetic and abstract works, um, where she explained to us how she can essentially kind of like see colors and like has like kind of overwhelming um, sensory um, experiences. And so she paints um, to individual songs and her work is beautiful. And I was like, I need to buy these prints. So I brought, I bought two prints from her. Um, two original works. Yes, I did. Um, yeah, they're beautiful. I have one, I'm looking at one right now that I hung um in my, in my little office here and the other one I need to frame. Um, but it was cool. So we met up with her and we, we got to talk to her for a while and, uh, it was a really positive experience. Yeah, it was super dope. She was, she was really cool and, um, had a lot of cool things to say about synesthesia and how she figured it out that she had it and what it looks like to paint music. Um, and that she just learned how to paint three years ago. All these people just learning how to do stuff within the last couple months or years just reminds me that like at any age, you can learn how to do anything you want and nothing should stop you. And yes. you should just pursue your dreams. And just, if you want to, you out there, if you want to become a painter, <laughs> pick up the brush. <laughs> pick up the brush. Yeah. And, you know, you don't always need formal education. You know, it's, a, there's always opportunities to learn from others and to, there's so many resources. I mean, lucky us that we live in the age of the internet, you know? Um, and so, yeah, you, you don't, you don't need whatever you think you need, you don't necessarily need, you know, like you just need some bravery and some motivation. Um, every week that we do the Martin marketplace, you know, when I go around to talk to makers about how long they've been doing this or when they started, you know, dabbling in whatever their medium is, a lot of them are from quarantine and from like the pandemic period. And I think it's interesting because there was so much pressure put on artists to create during that period and uh, so much like stress from artists who who like weren't creating or, you know, who are already like comfortable in their mediums, like not doing that. But really what I think we're seeing now is the result of the beginning of playing around and trying things and ordering weird things on the internet during that time. So, you know, now that we're two years later, still hanging on to the pandemic some, uh, you know, I think I think we're really seeing the talents that that started from that discipline of that weird ass time that we are all stuck inside. Totally. Which is exciting. Not the being stuck inside, but what's coming from it is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That was not exciting being stuck inside. And there's some people who are like, it was exciting and I wish we were still there. Um, but you know what? Wasn't great for me. Wasn't great for me. Um, <laughs> nope. <laughs> but you know what? Here we are. Here we are. Um, yeah. So, uh, where did we go after Fulton? Let's see. We jumped to the plan. We jumped to the plan. I have the plan. Let me talk about it. So, um, I think once you, you suggested circle contemporary, I also suggested the plan, um, which came up. I saw the listing, 
I checked out Visualist Go, which is one of the uh, one of the very great and strong um, resources in our city for uh, openings and some events. I don't know how many people go there for events, but it's very much like has its pulse on the art scene. It is um, an offshoot of the Bad at Sports podcast um, here in the city, long running podcast here in the city, um, and. They are, they have a, they host a free um, just calendar of events um, that you can post on. So I rely on that and jumped over to see what was, what else was happening. And I've been interested in the plan because the plan is a new space in the neighborhood. Um, so I wanted to see what it was about. So according to their website, the plan is an art gallery and project space in West Humboldt Park, Chicago. It is devoted to providing opportunities for installation-based artworks and to art that is not easily commodified. Beyond installation and site-specific work, the plan exhibits several group shows within the year. Generally speaking, solo exhibitions will alternate with group shows. Solo artists are invited to have a hand in the planning of the following group show. That's cool. Um, ad adjacent to the plan is an auxiliary gallery called Friend Space. Comprised of two short walls and a floor, the area showcases small works by other area artists. Um, yeah, so we went there and uh, that space was different than the other two, than the other three that we saw. <laughs> do you wanna give a, do you wanna give a, a, a crack at describing it? Yeah, so you drive up to it and it looks like a big warehouse and you're mm -hmm. like is this the right place in the middle of a neighborhood too yes so it's like in the middle of like a regular old humboldt park neighborhood just like so i was like is this a house gallery and she was like no i think it's gonna be like in that big building and we saw a bunch of cool sweaty hipsters outside and oh so my god like, this is probably it the coolest and kids <laughs> yeah and when i'm talking about sweaty i mean sweaty i um, mean drenched Listen, drenched drenched little did I know that that was the start of my of my uh sweating for the night so <laughs> Wendy was also wearing jeans which is not a great move I looked good though you looked great thank you um yeah and then you walk in and there's like a little kind of hastily written do the current situation-esque sign that says the plan with an arrow going up some stairs and then you climb up a little flight of stairs and you wrap around a wall, you know, that has, I don't even know how, like an old piano. There's like work. really, yeah, there's, there's eclectic. funny, funny eclectic uh, furniture items and, and such like kind of leading up there. And you're like, okay, these are, these are items that are like functional and were probably rescued from the trash at some point. Totally. And then you walk in and then to the right is like a four or yeah, four walled white gallery space mm -hmm. that was well lit and super warm mm -hmm. with, yeah, really cool work that was up. These really cool bullseyes, some work on the ground that was, had fishing wire and what looked like tiny little legs. That was um, my favorite. That was so good. If you check out the reel, there's a good picture of it. Mm -hmm. And then there was also like a, in between the friend space and the gallery space, there was what looked like a, just a functioning apartment kitchen area <laughs> yeah yeah it sounds like you know it's been a it's been a, a widely used community space for a long time so um you know not sure if they just recently built out the gallery and they were like we're gonna do this like this now or if it was something before um 
ran into a friend, uh, an artist, Caitlin Patton, who uh, used to be uh, like a part of a part of that community space, um, and now is just there, like supporting pals. And uh, she also was an artist in the Robin. She took over uh, a few months ago, and she's a eco-driven artist who creates really beautiful installations um, based on nature. So a lot of flowers, a lot of bugs, a lot of stuff like that. She did not have a work in the show, but she was there. Um, so we got to get a little bit of insider info on the space in general. But yeah, I mean, really, really gorgeous works. Um, very, you know, very minimal, very, uh, you know, kind of you do around and you're like, all right, that was the show. But let's let's go back and, and pay a little more attention um, there was a really cool stop motion video outside, which now looking at this description, I wonder is part of this friend space. Like, do you think that's yeah, what I that think is? Yeah, separate okay. gallery is that space that had the TV, um, which just was showing, I think like four or five short animations. That was definitely one of my favorite parts. I love video animation work in general. And when galleries can incorporate it on like large scale TVs or projectors, I'm always like, yes, you took the time to invest in technology that is worth it. And as like a I'm not a, I haven't made video art in a long time, but like as a former big video art maker, it's cool and galleries can create space for that to function. Yeah. Is that something that you want to revisit? Um, I haven't had any ideas that were made for video in my head recently. And then I stopped making video because of this very thing. Like most galleries don't have screens or projectors and I haven't invested in my own because I'm, it was like that. I was making this outside of college and then all of a sudden you like don't have any of the resources that you once had in college and you're like, where's my Mac mini and my, you know, 14 keyboards that I could have used and all of these other projectors. Um, so I just haven't jumped back in, but I used to only make performances that were made for video. Mm. And now you're in the real world, baby. Yeah. Now I'm in the real world and making real performances because there are more venues that want real performance art. Yeah. Well, maybe it will revisit you in a, in a next chapter, uh, you know, and, and maybe, uh, maybe we will find more opportunities and, and more resources in order to show, show that sort of thing. Cause that's, I run into that in the Martin a lot. I mean, my front room can't support any of that because it's too bright, you know, it's like not good at all. Right. Um, I guess Betsy Lamb did make did like make the alcove a, a small video space uh, for her show, which you did not get to see. That was early days, right? Like you. Was that this with the small works on the walls? Mm -hmm. Was it up I, when you came in? It was up when I came in. Cool. Um, yeah. She hung curtains in the, in the alcove and we just made it really dark and she had a very tiny screen in there. Um, and she had an, a running animation, which was, which was really awesome. Um, we put the theater chairs in there. So it felt like a, a little tiny itty bitty theater, which I would love to do again. Um, but yeah, that was our experience at the plan. It was just like, it was, it was, it reminded me of my youth um, and I'm like, not trying to be that asshole, but like, you know, like, like truly, like I was like, this is a young person's game. Like there was no air conditioning, which, you know, Dorothy right now has its air conditioning struggles, uh, but she's also a bar that costs thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to, uh, to open. Um, and just has a broken air conditioning. And so, you know, no shade, everybody does what they can. But, you know, very clearly it's a, it's a labor of love and not that all gallery spaces aren't, but it's a different, it's a different DIY love. Um, 
And, and they've got some, you know, some big name successful artists in there, whatever that means to whoever that means something to. Uh, but when we talked to Joey at our next, at our next spot, he was basically like, yo, there's some like legit people in there. And we're like, yeah, like it was beautiful work. It was just in this really funky DIY space. So, um, so we probably like the heartbeat of Chicago in some kind of like where mm-hmm. I feel like that's like very much the scene in Chicago looks like this apartment gallery. There's like a lot of history, I think, in that space. Like Hyde Park Art Center did a big um, kind of retrospective, I think last fall in 2021 about or uh, yeah, about these galleries that were very much like pillars of the art world in Chicago. And so I think it is an homage or yeah, it's just like something really awesome that Chicago inhabits that isn't similar to any other city that I've lived in. Yeah. Well, Edra was talking so much in our live episode around um, how inspired she was by the artist run spaces in Chicago. And this is, that's exactly what that is. Right. Um, And so, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. It's cool. Welcome to the neighborhood. Glad to have y'all, you know? Yeah. Welcome the plan. We're super Super glad to have you. Glad yeah. we got to see you in action. And then our final and last stop was Belong Gallery, whose mission is this. Belong Gallery is a nonprofit 501c3 exhibition space that supports emerging artists by fostering vibrant community. It provides high-profile exhibition opportunities that include resources such as curation, marketing, and patronage. It also cultivates a welcoming, inclusive environment for audience members to become patrons of the arts. That's right. Well, and we have mentioned Belong Gallery before, um, and most specifically because you have volunteered and worked with them for a while now, around a little bit longer than you have for the Martin, right? You got connected with them before. before yeah, me. I got connected with them March of 2021, I would say. And then I just started showing up to their events and I've gotten to bartend and sling beers uh, for them, which has been really fun. And then I've I gotten to hang shows and curate shows a little bit uh, here and there over the past year and a half, which has been awesome. So yeah, they're they're buds of mine for sure. And you performed. You did your yeah. Um, I performed "Step Into My Office" yes. there as a part of Alonzo Galway's uh, uh, solo show, mm-hmm. um, which was dope. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we came to support our friend Millicent Kennedy. Millicent, what a queen. Honestly, here's what I'm going to say. How dare she? How dare she show up with all this talent in this show? She it was dare, so cool. And she, it was so cool. And just like, well, like when you said earlier, well-priced work, high quality, air conditioning in the space, a change of pace. Borderline too much air conditioning for my taste. But you know what? Coming out of that plan, I needed to, I needed to dry off. So, <laughs> so yeah, thanks, Belong, Joey, Belong for really putting that bill. <laughs> Belong is a really great big brick walled space with a, two drywalls. And then they have like a small bar in their space too. And Orkanoi was providing the alcohol, which was really sweet of them mm-hmm. and very tasty mixed drinks. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. I'm, I need to look back at the catalog of works again, because I think it's really special and uh, I would love to have a a piece of Millicent's uh, for myself. Uh, But Millicent is a quilter. Uh, She's also a a bookmaker. Um, So she does a lot of like 
incredible work in both of those worlds. Um, she teaches at Lil Street. So if you want to learn these crafts from her, sign up for her classes. Um, but she, this show was called Misfit Muses and she essentially takes broken and discarded items um, and sews them into her quilts. And so um, I featured her in, uh, what was the show? And Boldly We Go? No, Locust. She was a Locust um, artist. And um, we, we hung her deconstructed fan work, which was awesome um, and quite a challenge. And there are still dowels in the wall, in the drywalls of the Martin to this day. And you know what? <laughs> that's a little bit of Millicent's ghost that's in our wall um, forevermore. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great. And she had a lot of support and it was a great way to end the night. That was awesome. I'm looking at her website now. I love what she said. Millicent Kennedy's art practice collaborates with materials and time through performance, fiber, and print. The themes explore in, explored in her work often pivot on the tension between labor and impermanence. Mm. Beautiful. She also has a call right now, and there's a postcard in the Martins uh, bathroom right under the, the Robin uh, gallery that she is looking for donated pieces. And I believe the call, the project, the arm of the project that she's doing is called What We Kept. And so she is looking for people who have like held on to items that they're ready to release um, that she can then use in future artworks, which is like so special. So if you're like, oh, if I just said that and, a, and an object just came to mind, I dare you to reach out to Millicent and donate it for good. Yeah. And then a triple buy the dog piece dare back. you. A triple dog dare you. And then when the piece is finished, buy it back and have the object in a new form in your home. Boom. There you go. And then let us know that you're a collector. Yeah. Wow. It's like all of our things coming together. Yeah. Listen, we just outlined uh, a to-do list for you and we dare you to pick it up and do it. Okay. You're welcome. You're a hundred percent welcome. Boom. <laughs> That was our night. And then we, yeah, went back to, uh, to split rail and you already heard the rest of that story. So, um, you know, another night in, we didn't have to travel very far. I mean, the furthest, this was all essentially like in our neighborhood. I'm excited to go out of our neighborhood next time. You know, maybe we should try to do like a North side trip or a South side trip or something, um, to really bop around different galleries and different gallery neighborhoods. But, um, you know, it feels really special to be on this side of town that is surrounded by so much different art and, uh, you know, different art crawls and stuff. So I know next month, um, the West town art walk is happening. I think that's what it's called. It's a Friday and Saturday West town art fair art walk. I don't know. It's Friday or Saturday. I think I'm involved. So I need to figure that out. Um, but they require all the, <laughs> all the, don't tell the chamber on me, everyone, please. Um, they open up, they, it's, it's basically like a celebration of all the gallery spaces uh, up and down Chicago Avenue and in the general West Town neighborhood. So that's an easy way where like, if you're like, well, Whitney, I don't really want to drive around and schedule it. Like this is, this is just, here's a thing that's like provided to you um, where you can just see a whole bunch of spaces. Um, they require all the spaces to be open for free. Um, so you don't even, there's no pressure, but you get to like take in a bunch of spaces over the period of a couple of days. So, you know, there's opportunities like that in the city all the time. hundred percent. And it's cool to support local galleries and the museums are great. And 
are good institutions to be a part of or whatever, but it's cool to support local galleries and the DIY scene and to see emerging artists at a different level. And most artists are present, which I love, which we Mm -hmm. talked to some people at the openings about uh, what makes a good opening and having the artist present, I think is a huge part of it where you can just chat them up immediately about their work and what they have in their studios or their practice or where they live or where they just moved from or um, yeah, getting to build community that way, which is really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for being my gallery buddy. It was so fun. Oh my gosh. Thanks for being my gallery buddy. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, I love going on the crawls. They're super fun. I know that there's some interest in having others join us. So if we plan more in advance, maybe we can invite others. But so far it's been like on a, you know, Wednesday, do you want to do this thing with me on Friday? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the way that, the way that our life is structured right now, it's very much like, I don't, you know, we're just, we're just trying to survive right now. So a lot of, a lot of things come together last minute, but hopefully, hopefully, yeah, in the future we can kind of project when we're doing more um, of an opening crawl, but we're going to continue to, to drop these special episodes in and hope that you all um, enjoy them. Also feel free. I know some people uh, we've started to be invited to some openings, which is awesome. Thank you so much. Um, we are definitely interested in coming into one-off openings when we can. Um, just sometimes with our limited availability with each other, uh, you know, it can be hard to, to go to, uh, to things all the time, but we are very interested. And of course we'll continue to go on our own when we can't go together and then still bring it as good content to the pod. A hundred percent. And like we've always said, we're very open to collaboration and to showing up at your events to record or to just hang out. So if you have something coming up that you're like, Oh, I want them to talk about this on the podcast. Uh, we'll try our best to be there. Absolutely. Should we transition into our final portion of today's episode? Let's do it. Shout outs. Shout outs. Well, before we do that, I guess um, I'm, <laughs> it's related. It's related. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ugh. All right. that well, <laughs> hope you all enjoyed this. The podcast is done. No, um, we, I think we should announce our, our news. Oh, great. I wasn't sure if, if yeah, mm-hmm. I think we should, because especially since we record about a week in advance. So this episode will drop in two weeks. We want to get the word out, um, that we will be performing in the Midwest fair that's coming to Mana Contemporary this September. Midwest Art Fair, here we come. Yeah. So uh, I hastily applied, Dennis and I, <laughs> to perform together. We have not performed together, right? No, so it's a brand new piece that we're performing together. We've performed in the, I've performed in your space, you've performed in your space, and we've both have been present for practices of those things and for the final of my thing. Yes, um, but we have not. <laughs> performed together. So yeah, we've, we've supported each other in each other's performances. It's a better now, way of saying that than what I said. No, I disagree. Yours was perfect. Um, and yeah, so the Midwest fair is an artist run assembly that's been dormant for 10 years, returning this year to bring alternative artist platforms together in the Midwest. So, uh, yeah, it hasn't been around for a decade and they specifically want to be the response to, big time pay to play art fairs um, that exist in the city that are wonderful and beautiful, but also only accessible to a certain subset of artists. 
Um, and so they had a free application and the performance is going to be out of Mana Contemporary, which is a beautiful, incredible space here in the city. Um, and Denissa and I are doing uh, a relational immersive performance together there this September. It's going to be awesome. And Whitney will finally reunite with her ghost and become a whole person once again. Y'all, I'm so excited. Unless, you know what? Unless that ghost is evil. I don't know what that ghost has been up to. So as long as it hasn't taken out a new personality or anything, then I'm excited. The ghost has just been blessing other people in Mana Contemporary, giving them little forehead kisses, inspiring them. <laughs> Does that mean I have to start giving people forehead kisses? I'm not prepared for that. Oh, no, no. It's that. your ghost. That's the oh. only ghostly duties. Heard. I love it. Okay. Um, so we'll give more details right now. We're just in the, uh, we just got the offer. We're in the acceptance phase and we are building out, um, all the details, but we know that it is going to be running, um, at least September 9th and 10th. Um, maybe the 11th as well. <laughs> Again, details are hazy, but we will let you all know and we'll, uh, drop everything through the, uh, the Instagram and the pod, but mark your calendars come and see us. Um, and we'll give you more details as we, um, you know, build our project. So it's going to be, it's going to be rad. So, all right. I apologize. I interrupted our shout outs section to, uh, to share that announcement, but do you have any shout outs you want to start with? Um, I know we've said it a bunch of times, but I would just love to shout out the Danny Dorothy team. It was such a fun night so incredibly cool to be a part of it and to um yeah just to see people really excited about what's going on there and I would also love to give a shout out to your friend Emily we had a great conversation she was really sweet and I made a new friend which is just always fun to do at events yeah yeah Emily uh just was was looking for a a a good time and space to come hang and so I was like come do this and you know it's scary to be a person who as we discussed in the last episode it's hard to come into a space that you're unfamiliar with and you don't know a ton of people so um she hung out was a great sport and I think made a few connections that night so shout out to uh anyone who makes other people feel comfortable aka you (laughs) yeah I'm trying to think of any other shout outs like what has happened this week shout out to staycation so happy to just be off yes and just exploring my own city a little bit which has been really fun um shout out to the man with three phones if you've been following my instagram story uh there's this i saw a man at cafe tola on near music box theater with three phones and i was just so very curious about why he had three phones and then later i found out he had two dogs obviously three plus two equals those phones belong to those dogs. And that's that, which I never had the courage to ask, but that's the theory I'm going with. Even though you asked the internet if they dared you to do it and then you didn't follow through with the dare. (laughs) Oh no, we froze. (laughs) Oh no. I'll edit this out in the future. Ooh, I hope you come back. All right. Well, that's a little treat called AT&T Internet Sucks, and it failed us here at the end of the episode. So our other recordings didn't save either. So this is it for this week. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey.